Hear now the word of the Lord for us. When we came close to Jerusalem, we were at Bethpage at the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of us to the village ahead of us on the road. He said they would find a donkey and a colt tied together. He instructed them to untie the colt and donkey and to bring them back to him. Jesus told them to answer anyone who asked them what they were doing to say, the Lord needs them. What Jesus told us fulfilled what the prophet said. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. We did exactly as Jesus told us. We brought the donkey and colt to him. Then we put our cloaks on their backs and Jesus sat on them. A large crowd started to gather and they spread their cloaks on the road. Some people put, cut branches from nearby trees and they spread them out on the road. A large group went ahead of Jesus and a crowd followed him. And they were all shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil. And they were asking one another, who is this? The crowds who were following answered, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple. He began to talk with the elders and the chief priests. And they asked him by what authority he was performing miracles and teaching. He spoke to them in parables and he told them this parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it. And he dug a wine press in it and built a watchtower. And then he leased it to tenants and he went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants, they seized his slaves and they beat one, they killed another and they stoned another. Then he sent again other slaves, more than the first time. And they treated them in the same way. And finally, he sent his son to them saying, they'll respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now the owner of the vineyard comes. What will he do to those tenants? Well, they said to Jesus, He'll put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at harvest time. And Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, Jesus told them that the kingdom of God will be taken away from them and given to a people that produces the fruit of the kingdom. When the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was talking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to us, you know that after two days, the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be handed over 
to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and they conspired to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. Now, Jesus was in the town of Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment. I watched her as she poured it on his head when he sat at the table. When we, the disciples, saw this, we were angry. I said, why this waste? For this ointment could have been sold for a large sum and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to me, why do you trouble the woman? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. By pouring this ointment on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever this good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then one of us, 12 disciples, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and he said, what will you give me if I betray Jesus to you? The chief priests paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, Judas began to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Soon, it was time for the festival of unleavened bread. On the first day of unleavened bread, we came to Jesus saying, where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? Jesus said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says my time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So we did as Jesus had directed us, and there we prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, Jesus took his place with the 12 of us, and while we were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. And we were greatly distressed and began to say to Jesus one after another, Surely not I, Lord. <laughs> Surely not I, Lord. Surely not I. Jesus answered, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man goes as, as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Then Judas, who had betrayed him, said, surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus replied, you have said so. Then Jesus said to us, you will all become deserters because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Then Peter said to Jesus, though all become deserters because of you, I will never desert you. Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And we all said the same. While we were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to us, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then Jesus took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to us, saying, 
Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. It seems crazy to me that a month ago we were sitting together in our congregation at Knox, um, that we were sharing in communion and trying something new by having bread that was um, allergy friendly and uh, trying out the cups to keep our, each other safe. And a month later, we find ourselves in our homes with our families far from one another and giving up much more during this season of Lent than any of us have ever before. Friends, it is a challenging time. And it would be a disservice to you and to me and to our God if we didn't acknowledge the serious grief that we are all facing now. For some of us, we are exhausted because we're juggling our kids and our work and 30 million other things, all while living in a state of anxiety and fear. Not sure where we're going to get our groceries and not sure how this is all going to end up. For others of us, we are coming down with fevers. We have a dry cough and we're wondering what is going to happen. For others, we are sitting at home with our loved ones, either at home that we're caring for or far away and we can't care for them. And it breaks our heart. It breaks our heart to hear about our healthcare workers who don't have what they need. For those healthcare workers in our community, it breaks our heart to hear about you going to the hospital and fearing that you may not be protected in the ways that you need to be protected. We mourn with New York City, with Seattle, with Italy, with China, with all the other places in the world who are facing this pandemic and don't have nearly enough. We mourn with our brothers and sisters right here in Los Angeles who don't have work, who can't pay for rent, who can't buy groceries, who don't have what they need. And we pray to God, God, where are you? Have you forsaken us? We find ourselves in new ways relating to this story that we come to in Holy Week. This story of Christ being torn from his disciples, being shamed, being isolated, this story of Christ, God with us, we just celebrated at Christmas this tiny baby born to save us. And today we remember him walking in the streets of Jerusalem as people cried, Hosanna, God save us. And it was a celebration. And how quickly that cry of Hosanna turned not to celebration, but to lament and mourning. How quickly did the table meal turn into such bitter food? 
Friends, I invite you today, tomorrow, for the rest of this week as we celebrate Holy Week in a weird way, in a way that none of us wants to do, to find this season of lament as a place to be with God in your anger, in your fear, in your anxiety, to know that as we pray, the Holy Spirit fills us and groans with us, groaning that is too deep for words, groaning that can't be quantified with syllables, but is just this guttural cry to God, that we are filled with that spirit, that we have become a temple for the Holy Spirit, that God can bring healing and light and hope, even in the darkest times. Next week, when we celebrate Easter in much the same way, let us not forget that the darkness of Good Friday gives way to the light of a new day. We may be in the tomb for longer this year, but Easter is coming. God has not forsaken us. God is with us. And God groans with us.